Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my love. I am so excited for you to hear this episode with the incredible Sophie Williams. Sophie Williams is a dedicated anti-racism advocate and activist. Outside of her online platform, she's spoken on panels for Reuters, Afro Visibility, We Are Stripes, and Girls Talk London, discussing diversity and inclusion in the workplace, and black representation in advertising, both on screen and in agencies. Professionally, Sophie has had a long career in advertising, particularly in social agencies, where she most recently was a COO. In 2019, Sophie left traditional agencies to set up her own business, working directly with clients such as Netflix on marketing for shows like Sex Education, The Crown, and The End of the Fucking World. This woman is a powerhouse. I found her on Instagram the week that George Floyd died, and she shared an incredible post that went viral. Her message is so impactful, Literally, Justin Bieber shared her post. Her her Instagram has gone off. Her book, Millennial Black, which is coming out April 2021, is available right now for pre-sale. I've popped all the links in the show notes. Get behind it. I hope you enjoy this episode. She had so much to share, and we were on a time limit because she is so busy right now creating and, and doing so many campaigns and so many things and collaborations. There is so much more to be said about this topic, but I'm so grateful that we got her on the podcast and we had time for her to explain what it is that she's creating. Go and get that book. Go and show love, support. If you loved this episode, tag Sophie Williams at Official Millennial Black on Instagram. We'll pop it in the show notes. Tag me, reach out, show love and support. She's created this amazing donation campaign with her posters. I can't wait to get my bundle. It's coming in the mail. She is a thought leader, and a game changer, and I know that you're going to enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here's Sophie. So welcome, Sophie, to the podcast. I am so happy that you are here. I have been following your journey ever since I found you like three or four weeks ago on Instagram. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and to have a chat with you. Yes, our time zone situation is real <laughs> uh, in London. So um, for anybody who is listening or just tuning in, so can you just tell us about you, about the book, about maybe how you got here? Absolutely. So um, I'm Sophie Williams. I'm the author of Millennial Black, which is a book about and for um, Black women in the workplace. And I guess I'm here because I made some posts on my Instagram um, three, almost four weeks ago at this point. Um, And at that point, I had a following of under a thousand people. And so I put up some posts about allyship because George Floyd had just been murdered. It was a week and a month where we'd seen so many acts of violence that cost black people their lives, particularly in America, 
um, in the UK, we were having the conversation about how COVID was really disproportionately killing black people as well. Mm. And um, I guess initially I felt really hopeless and helpless. And then the next day I just made a couple of slides um, which had got typos in them. And one of the slides, <laughs> so like, it's a real example of like, not waiting until things are perfect. Although yeah. I will admit that I didn't know that when I put it up, but that's how I'm framing it now. Um, so I put up some posts about allyship and what people can do when we feel helpless, how we can sort of, <clears throat> sorry, how we can sort of have a voice in this conversation, um, how we can get used to being uncomfortable. And then something that I don't understand happened and suddenly they were everywhere including like on Justin Bieber's grid yes, I um, <laughs> and that's I guess how people like you found me so yes some people are like oh I've been following you like from the beginning but from the beginning means like three weeks ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow that's crazy so and those posts were branded in the book the same way your book looks was that in your book or did you just kind of create those after no they're really different to my book actually because my book millennial black so that book is really focusing on a really specific group and that group is black women whilst it's for everybody because Mm. it's about black women at work it looks at sort of the specific um hurdles that disproportionately affect black women um and says here are the facts and here are some things that you can do and it also says if you are not a black woman, if you are a business owner, if you are a colleague, here are the things that you can do because marginalized people didn't make these situations. We didn't make these structures. We just have to operate within them. And we don't have sort of the, generally speaking, we don't have the power, the authority, the position to be able to make those changes. But yeah, so millennial black is really black women business focused. Mm. Um, So actually, these posts about allyship, which really speak to non-Black people, because they are talking about how to sort of be an ally, um, those posts are quite different to the Millennial Black book, um, yeah, and speak to a different audience. And now, do you feel like since doing that, like your platform has shifted or maybe added on now you've been speaking about millennial black and now allyship i read in one of the interviews like you've become the queen of allyship and everybody's trying to message you and ask you about it and instead of going off and figuring out what that means and what it is because i think instagram has become a place where and to those of you who are listening who are not black or not a person of color like knowing you must know that Instagram is telling you every single day that it's not for us to educate you or for someone to say, hey, this is what this means, right? And so I read somewhere that people were messaging you and asking you all these questions, like as if you don't have a gazillion messages now on your Instagram. Yeah, it's really interesting. And literally, it's sort of died down a little bit now, which at some point makes me think like, oh, no, the message is going. And another way makes me think, okay, great, I can sleep. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was at one point getting genuinely thousands of messages a day from either people being like, I really like your message or people being like, I really hate your message. Really? And yeah. And people also being like, um, what does the word allyship mean? For example, which when you, if you are in a privileged group, if you are not from a marginalized group, if you are from a dominant social group, um, I think people are often used to 
having access to things in a in a easier way not that everyone's life is easy but that sometimes things are easier for less marginalized groups um and so yeah instead of people just googling what does this word mean which would be a much quicker process than writing me a message that asks that question and waiting for my response yeah people would just like use me as their google so people would just send me messages which ask things like what does allyship mean instead of just doing the much easier and quicker step of just googling it um and so that's why I ended up or one of the reasons I ended up writing a piece for Cosmopolitan which was specifically for black women um because it was a general conversation amongst black women at that point that we were just exhausted so we've been doing this work you know we've been fighting these fights for a long long time it's really great to have reinforcements it's really great to have allies But I think it's really important to remember that whilst this is a new conversation to some people, to other people it's not, to other Mm. people it's been our whole lives. And when you want to engage, I think you need to remember to do that in a way that is respectful of other people's sort of time and Mm. energy. Um, Because there's no need to put the burden of responsibility onto a marginalized groups when you have the same access to Google that they do. Exactly, exactly. And researching and reading and educating. And that was part of the whole thing that people were like, I'm muted, so I'm learning. And learning is not hitting someone else up on Instagram and going, hey, can you explain to me the experience or can you explain to me the word? And now there's something else happening that you're creating around this. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, it's really um, exciting, actually, because I've actually not said it out loud before. But uh, yeah, I'm working with HarperCollins again, and we are making a new, smaller, like pocketbook um, size book um, called Anti-Racist Ally. Yeah, that's really going to be like a jumping off point, the same way that my Instagram has become, a jumping off point for people who want to start this conversation, who want to be allies, who want to sort of get involved, but maybe haven't before or haven't known the right words or have been afraid to say the wrong thing. So this is like really um, like a starting point guide almost to say, here are the things, here's what you need to know, here's the basic info, now go learn more, read more. Yeah, like a guide to get you going. And I love too that like your Instagram wasn't massive. So it's not like you could say, oh, I was on a, a, you know, one of the celebrity TV shows or a reality TV show. And that's why it blew up for me. Like you literally created something from your heart that you wanted to educate and be of service in a time when it was so needed. And I acknowledge you because you did it openly, boldly on your platform, shared it with no intention for it to be viral. And Literally now, you know, you've now you're an, you're an author of two books. You've co-founded like so much. You got I'm like, you are. So I thought I was busy. I'm like, you are busy because you got cultural heroes. Yes. And blanket fort. What is the I guess the massive intention or message if you could tell someone out there who is listening, who is wanting to pick up this book or wants to learn more about it? Like what's the there's probably a million messages, but the main thing that you want to get across in this book in the millennial black book so for millennial black i think it's just about recognizing the intersections of black women's identities Mm. and how they work in the workplace so i think so often we have like diversity and inclusion committees at work and either i have found that they're all sort of led by minority women 
And that's work that they do that is not what they're paid for. Mm-hmm. But they don't get time off what they're actually having to do in the business. It's just additional labour that we ask these people to do, normally without funding, normally without senior support. And that takes away their time that they can actually do work that puts them in positions where they can be promoted because people generally aren't promoted or given pay rises for doing this kind of work. It's generally sort of office housework. Um, So the opposite side of office housework is glamour work. So when we ask people to do housework, we're taking away time that they could be spending on glamour work Mm. and glamour work gets you promoted and housework does not. So it's about understanding those intersections. It's about understanding how diversity and inclusion efforts actually haven't been as inclusive as we like to imagine Mm. and how we can all sort of be better allies in making that um, a better experience for women. Yeah. And it's like we need everybody to come together to to do this. So if you're listening and you're not black and you're like, this book's not for me, it's for you. It's for you to pick up this book. It's for the bosses, the entrepreneurs, the businesses. Now you're seeing so many companies like my husband and I did this photo shoot for this bank. And the and my husband's brown. He's Sri Lankan. right? He's dark. And the, the lady rang me and was like, hey, we want to reuse this poster. And I'm like, oh, they're going to put us on the no, no, I just want your husband. Um, and I'm like, hmm. And then one of my friends at works there was like, oh, they're really going heavy on the black lives and they want to. And I'm just like, and look, like, I, what do we do? Like, we want representation. We want people of color. We want black women, black men shown. But also I'm like, ah, oh, like your timing, like right now, like it's just, it's such so a. Tokenistic. Exactly, exactly. And it's such a. It's hard because then you don't want people not to. And I think here in Australia, when this happened, I was seeing a lot of Australian people here talk about the the guilt, like the white people here about their guilt and, and crying and feeling bad and and my privilege and calling themselves racist. But in a way of like, I'm a racist because, you know, and making it very poetic and making it about them. And I was kind of like. For me, I'm like, what the fuck is guilt going to do? Like your guilt and you feeling bad. So when I saw your book, I was like, this is what we need. Like, especially in business, we need to support black business. We need to be. And by supporting, it's not just giving money. It's also including and working together and hiring and even just thinking about my graphics lady doesn't have to be a white lady because I'm a white lady. Like, I know that's ridiculous, but like, hello, you know, these these things. And, and I, I just loved it when you, I, I want to read something that you, if you don't mind, something that you had put up on your blurb. Um, and it was like, millennial black is for black women, but also for allies, fans, supporters, and people who believe in anti-racism and leveling the playing field for everyone in their professional lives. It's especially for anyone who runs a business that they're hoping will continue to be successful in the anti-racist world where customers are talking with their money and being more conscientious about brands that they want to engage with and buy from. Oh, I'm like, yes. So when I put up those um, first posts, um, they got loads of traction, don't know what happened. But then I suddenly was like, oh, I have like 20,000 followers. I'm a fucking big deal. <laughs> I should like do something now. So like, okay, what can I do? So this isn't about the posters, but I'll get back to the posters. Yes, I've got. <laughs> so then what happened was I reached out to some companies because I wanted to figure out ways to make money because I felt like I had this audience. I had this audience who were looking to me and asking, what can I do? Yeah. And I was just like, you know, do some research, find some funds, like whatever. 
And I was like, okay, I want to turn this into sort of something more tangible. So I reached out to a company, they're called Awesome Merchandise. And within, I think, a day and a half of me messaging them, we had a web shop with products. Mm -hmm. There's um, art prints, there's postcards, there's tote bags, there's stickers. And 100% of the profits from that um, are going to be donated transparently to um, anti-racist charities. So that, that was the first thing. So that was the first like super hustle thing that I did. Um, and it sort of showed me that if you reach out to people and say, this is what I'm doing, sometimes they're like, okay, cool. Let me help you with that. Yeah. So then um, I was going to the Black Lives Matter March in London and we um, were going along and we saw that there were loads of um, out of home. So like big, big outdoor posters which would normally be for advertising. But because of COVID and people not going outside, mm. that space wasn't being sold to advertisers in the same way that it usually would have been. And so people who ran those um, sites were donating them to different charitable organisations, whether that was thanking the NHS, which is our healthcare provider, or whether it was um, just having messages about community. Yeah. So I reached out to them and I was like, I think we could have a really great... Um, anti-racism collab are you up for it that was on a Friday on a Monday they said yes absolutely but we need files today and I was like cool not a designer (laughs) Uh, but I reached out to my amazing friend Beck and within a few hours she had turned sort of my pdfs into print ready files and yeah now there are big anti-racism Um, posters around London and I'm in the middle of talking to some more people and places about hopefully getting some more um, around the country and I'm actually talking to people in other countries as well so maybe nothing will happen but maybe something will so I'm just trying to sort of yeah I'm just trying to use this moment to make as much momentum as I can and momentum, make as much yeah. impact as I can. Yeah, that's a key word too. It's it's the momentum. It's because it's not a moment, right? It's a good marathon. We're running a marathon. It's a long game. But the momentum that's going globally, like I saw the protests in Berlin and Los Angeles, like back home in America, I was like, oh, I want to go. You know, like my heart is there. All my friends are there. And there was so many people. We had in Melbourne like 10,000, which is nothing because Australia doesn't have many people. But there was it's just momentum around the world. And I know I told you this before we started, but I want to acknowledge you because what you're doing and what you've done is huge. Like you're changing the world with your message. And it's a big deal because you could have been like, who am I to do that? You know, and this podcast is all about confidence and believing in yourself, even though you don't know what the fuck you're doing sometimes, but your heart is in the right place, right? Your intention, it's speaking for you. Like your work is now in motion, in action, and it's amazing. And I hope you celebrate with your cat and your man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's really, um, it's really unexpected. But I have said for a long time that, um, jokingly, but it's kind of true. I've said for a while that I have like the opposite of imposter syndrome. Mm. So, you know, people are like, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, I can do that. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's sure. see what happens. Yeah. 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 But I think it's, it's, it's just speak so much to, you know, for someone listening out there, that's like, who am I? Little me, I don't have, you know, cause usually you go, you must have a lot of money or you must have your own, you know, Gary V, you know, video, you know, media company, if you've got all that content, or you must have your own. And it's like, 
you really had your you had your book and you were building that, but like you're following and you had all your experience in marketing, you know, like so you know how to do this. But it's like just seeing from something go from something so small to so big in such an amazing time. It showcases like the momentum, but also your ability to impact and anybody listening out there. Um, what would you say to someone listening out there that's like, I want to do something, I want to create change, because you're kind of like living it right now? Yeah, it's interesting. It's something that I touch on in the Anti-Racist Ally book about people saying, you know, my voice isn't big enough, like no one will hear me. Like I didn't have a voice. I didn't, yeah. you know, I was sitting there quietly working on, you know, this book project that I'd been working on for about two years at that point um, from proposal to like, turns out when you sell a book, you actually have to write the book. <laughs> I know, um, I'm writing a book too, it's hard work. <laughs> Now I'm writing too. Nice and easy. Um, But I I would say like you don't, you don't know the power that you have until you try to do something. And even if people have really sort of small spheres of influence, one, they can grow. And two, your personal sphere of influence is really, really powerful. Me putting something on the internet is not probably going to change your mum's mind, but you talking to your mum, might change her mind Mm. and she might talk to her mate at work like our personal connections are really powerful and we can always use those it's huge and and we think like it's this ripple effect and I think that that's what I think social media is great I know that there's a lot of people that you know it's it's full on and you have to take a break you have to take a break from social media but I think it's such it's been such an amazing tool in my life to learn and to grow and to meet and connect with people like me and you I met you on Instagram and now we're talking for real and people are hearing you from around the world and you know it's such a that's why I think not nobody can say oh I can't say that or I can't talk about that because you're right if you have one person five persons 50 million people listening like the amount of effect and the ability right now that we have with the internet is next level it's off the charts right now with this book now, with what you're writing, and, and it sounds like, I don't know if it's true, but it sounds like it kind of, it's writing itself or it's ha- it came, it told you like, hey, it needs to come now. Like, yes, the new absolutely. One. I had no intention of doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this was not my plan. Yeah. I had um, a deadline to hand in like my final edits on Millennial Black, which um, will still go ahead as planned, but I have had to put sort of those final edits on pause for just a couple of weeks um, to really focus on doing this because Hmm. again, talking about the momentum, the momentum is now. And it's so much too, because you like, you're writing this, you want it to be good, but also it's like, it's coming out. Like these things are the momentum behind it. Like we need it now. It needs to happen. And, and with this, I feel like your whole platform is going to shift again. Like you're going to be speaking and Ted talking and are you going to have a podcast? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like those things to happen. I think the thing about me is I've never really had a plan. Like I started working in advertising because someone from MNC Saatchi phoned me and was like, do you want to come for an interview? And I was like, all right. Wow. And then a few years later, you know, I sort of had various roles within advertising, ended up as the chief operating officer of a social media agency. Um, again, completely, um, completely, just going with the flow with it so like my biggest dream was to be a producer in an ad agency and then I was that and then someone was like do you want to be a head of production and I was like "Mm, okay (laughs) and then sort of it all just sort of came together um completely by accident and then I left that to focus on writing millennial black 
Um, and then COVID happened, which was a really good oh, sort of, a really terrible thing, yeah. but a really good way to make sure that I stayed inside and just yeah. wrote things down. Um, and then, yeah, made these posts. And as a result of that, the second book is sort of, you know, steaming away now. And yeah, sort of, who knows what's going to happen in, like, I keep being like, who knows what's going to happen in a year or five years, but like I know, it's a like month four ago, months. I know <laughs> that's what's happening now. So it's crazy because the pressure, like I work really well with pressure, but also it's like, you can't live in that pressure. Um, and I read, I read your article for Cosmo and it was so good because I've been following like my friends in America that, you know, my black friends, my Puerto Rican friends that are black that are like, listen, this is like I'm exhausted and it's a it's a tiring time and it's a heavy time. And not only like COVID plus this, plus like it just feels like everything is at once. And I think that's when you need that. We were talking offline before, like that self-care. And do you talk about that much? Like, do you talk about like what people can do? I know you wrote in the article, like what to do if you're feeling like that. Like if you're just like, I need a minute, but you don't want to lose momentum. It's not something that I talk about a lot because it's not something that I do well. Mm. So, Me neither. Uh, we have nothing for you. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may as well just turn it off. So next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just, I think, I think that is the thing. I think because, because it feels like there's this momentum, because it feels like this is something that marginalised people have been working on for our whole lives and our parents' lives and their parents' lives without anyone listening to them. I think it's hard now that people are ready to have that conversation to say, but actually I'm going to have a nap. Like it's so important that people are able to do that, but it's not something that I personally have been able to do. And I wish I was better. Like my partner has to be like, have you drank some water today? And often Mm. I can get to the end of the day and the answer will be, no, I haven't. I've got Mm. a bottle here. Yeah. Um, Or like, you know, have you taken any vitamins? Have you, you know, gone for a walk? Have you been outside? And the answer is always no, I haven't done any of these things. And so I feel like I just need to push forwards for a little while longer, achieve some of the stuff that I want to do, and then I'll rest. Mm. But also this is a thing that is sort of um, like the trope of the strong black woman, which is something I write a lot about in Millennial Black, is like one of the definitions is like she takes on the world and things that would sort of you know, kill, and that's not quite the word, but, you know, really sort of be real hardships for other people are easy for her. And that's a real pressure that people, especially black women, have because Mm. it's not true. Like, we're not not stronger than anyone else. We just have to do more. We have to do these things. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep achieving. And so many people I interviewed for the book really feel like if they're not achieving something, then what are they? Who are they? That's how mm. they sort of get there. And we get our sort of self-worth and our self-identity. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really think it's important that we pause and take stock of what's happening and celebrate things. But it's not something that I'm good at yet. Yeah. I read that your post, you were like, Black Joy, I'm just going to look for good things and watch all the good things and how, I guess, important it is to for you were saying for black women to not just keep looking at all the negative bad stuff because you've been looking at that you've been seeing it and like don't send that to your friends like you know like don't send that to your black friends because they don't want to see that because it's been like you said years and ancestors and your ancestors ancestors right and 
having a bit of joy in your feed or taking, you're getting better. You're doing the joy, you're doing the things, right? Like trying to sleep. Um, but I do, I do feel you on the urgency. I, we were saying before that I had surgery and I had to take a week off. And prior to that, I was going hard, like on probably on everything. Cause I'm very, I talk a lot about child sex trafficking and like my sexual abuse and how I'm like, Oh, not okay with that. And like just a lot of things. And then this came and my husband was like, Oh my gosh, you got to stop. I was like, wait a minute. And then literally had surgery. And then in my bed, I'm like reading and doing and trying to, you know, and I think. It's a marathon to people that are listening, to the white people that are listening, especially. It's like if you're tired or you feel like it's too much, can you imagine like how black women are feeling right now, how black people are feeling, how people of color are feeling right now? And really, I think it's important. Um, and I've talked about this on my podcast before, like not making it about you and your guilt and how sorry you are and you, 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 and being like, okay, take yourself out of it and really step into the shoes of of you, like step into your shoes and see how you're feeling and check in on people. And you can take a break and sit down, but read still and, you know, continue, continuously make this a part of what was I saying, like not something you do, but who you become. And that's yeah. something I talk about a lot. I talk about how allyship is not about what you believe, it's about what you do mm. and about looking for ways to turn, like to turn one-off actions into habits. And yes. so when I first started sort of talking about this, all that time ago, um, people would be like, oh, I've gone to my first protest or I've made a donation. And I was like, okay, great. Let's look if you have the means and you're comfortable with that. Let's look at how we can turn that donation into a standing order. Let's yeah. look at how, you know, you can, you know, really just integrate these one-off actions into really important habits that, like you're saying, change who you are. And that doesn't happen overnight, right? It is. It is you know, you should feel exhausted. You should feel like you don't know shit about what you've been doing. You should feel like you've been programmed. You have to unlearn, de-learn, deprogram. It's like, oh, why? Questioning everything. And, you know, uh, the conversations hopefully happening at your homes with your family, with your cousins, with your racist aunties and uncles, or, you know, your neighbors or your fake ass Facebook friends that when you write something, they, that makes me so angry. People are like, you know, my Facebook friend. And I'm like, that person's not your friend. Like you actually don't know them. And then you spoke some true shit and they said something and they're showing you like it shows you who you're being. Like if you're allowing these groups and these friends, and I think that's what becomes toxic for people. And and if you're feeling that, obviously maybe Facebook or Instagram fighting with people is not the thing, but it is you changing and shifting and learning and being open to this not becoming something you did and the black tile and the square and that's it. And like, it's like, fucking every part of you like comb your whole self comb your business comb like fine tooth comb everything and even me like I'm a person of color my Latina like lived in America I'm even like especially in Australia and I've said it again I've said it on my platform before but I'll say it again like I don't know enough about what's going on here with the First Nations and indigenous people like that's not good enough I make money in this country like I make money in this country. I live here. My children are here. Like, I I must do something. Like, I must. Like, it's not good enough. So I'm excited. So the book's coming out and possibly, probably with your with your marketing background, you'll be doing the bundles and the two books and the posters. Yes, with the tote bags. Bundle it up. Ah! I, mean, I haven't even had time to think about it yet, but I will try and make it as like, fabulous. Cards, little affirmation cards or something with the book. I'm excited. Um, yeah, so... 
For everybody listening, for people that want to stalk you but not message you silly questions on Instagram, but just support your work and, you know, follow what you're doing because you've got like literally Blanket Fort, which is your your agency where you're doing freelance marketing. Yes. So that is a bit on pause for the time being because yeah. I couldn't do sort of the stuff I'm doing and be and, working yeah, yeah. time at the moment. Um, but yeah, Blanket Fort exists and... That's just sort of in the background. Yeah. Official Millennial Black, the sort of OG book, which is going to be coming out in April of 2021. And um, yeah, that's going to be coming out um, first in hardback. And it's something I'm really looking forward to. been working on it for a long time. Then there's Anti-Racist Ally book. And yeah, doing the posters, keeping the Instagram going, which is at Official Millennial Black. Um, and yeah, just trying to see what I can to sort of use this momentum in this moment as much as I can to make as much um, long-lasting change as possible. That's sort of what I'm really aiming to do. Yes. Thank you so much for your work and thank you for your time and dedication, for using your platform, for sharing your story, for being who you are for the world. It is medicine. Everything that you are putting out is incredible and we need it. And I really, from Everybody that I can thank and say to you, thank you deeply, deeply, deeply. And last question, have you seen your posters out in London? Have you seen Mm -hmm. like people? Wow. How was that? How did that feel? Uh, I cried. Yeah. (laughs) It was just really overwhelming. It feels, I guess, because it's been so quick and because I haven't really slept in that period, Mm -hmm. um, it feels a bit surreal. And so, yeah, every time that these things happen, sort of it just feels normal and then I sort of get hit by this big wave so I guess what I need to do is actually try to appreciate and understand things at the time so they don't sort of all build up into one Mm. big like wow moment yeah (laughs) acknowledge all of it uh thank you so much Sophie we appreciate you and we'll put all the show all the links in the show notes I cannot wait to get your book and I'm sending you all the love thank you so much Thank you so much. And I hope you feel better soon and you recover quickly. (laughs) My darling, we are in wild times right now. And in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training, to consider joining a community, a sistership where you are going to be held, where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. 
And if you feel called to leave me a review, I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.